In honor of World Alzheimer's Month, which is September, I will be devoting two podcast episodes each week to Alzheimer's awareness. World Alzheimer's a Month is an international campaign which comes every September to raise awareness and challenge the stigma that surrounds dementia. The more public awareness about dementia and caregiving, the less stigma there will be. And here's the harm of stigma. Stigma prevents people from getting the medical treatment that they need, or even an evaluation and diagnosis. It prevents people from receiving an early diagnosis. It prevents people from living their best quality of life, from making plans for their future, from benefiting from available treatments, from developing a support system, participating in clinical trials, preparing a legacy for their family, and so much more. So thank you for being here and doing your part to raise awareness and reduce stigma related to dementia and Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dr. Regina Kep. I'm a clinical geropsychologist, which means that I'm a psychologist who specializes with older adults and families. And this is the Psychology of Aging podcast, your go-to resource for mental health and aging. As we embark on this Alzheimer's and dementia awareness series, I have to give you a heads up. Some of these episodes and interviews were conducted very early in my podcasting career, and you're going to see how far I've come in my podcasting abilities, namely the tone of my voice and how chipper I am talking about some pretty serious things. I'm glad that I'm evolving just like the rest of you. Thanks for being here and sticking with me over the past year and a half of being a podcaster. I hope that my chipperness doesn't deter you from some of the important details in the message that I'm sharing. All right, let's jump into the episode. Today on the podcast, I will be sharing tips for living alone successfully with early stage dementia. And the tips that I'm going to be sharing are actually tips provided by the National Institute on Aging. One of my priorities here on the podcast is to make sure that all of the information that I share related to dementia care, related to mental health care, related to sexual health care has evidence base to support it. So today, five tips for living alone for as long as possible with early stage dementia. What I'm going to do is list all the five categories, and then I'm going to break them down and talk about each of them. Number one is to simplify your daily tasks. Number two is to make sure that your home is safe. Number three is to plan for your future. Number four is to gather your support system around you. And number five is to manage your medical and mental health. Let me start by saying a few weeks ago, I had an episode on the benefits of early diagnosis of dementia. And 
This is where it's really important. The earlier a person is diagnosed with dementia in their disease process, in the dementia process, and dementia is an illness, it's a disease. The most common type of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. The earlier a person is diagnosed in the dementia process or in the disease process, especially for Alzheimer's disease, the more likely they are to put these five tips in place and the more likely they are to live in their home for as long as possible. Just because a person has dementia doesn't mean that all of a sudden they lose independent living, they lose their ability to drive, lose their ability to manage their money, lose their ability to vote, and we'll be having an episode on voting in dementia, hopefully, fingers crossed. And so I want to just point that out, that just because a person has a diagnosis of dementia or mild cognitive impairment doesn't mean that they cannot live independently. And so the five tips that I'm going to be talking about today will help you if you're if you have a new diagnosis of dementia and you're in your early stages, will help you to live independently for as long as possible. If you're caring for a loved one and um, you're a long distance caregiver and maybe you have an older loved one who lives in another state and they're living independently, these tips will also help you to help your older loved one live independently for as long as possible. To help you understand dementia and memory loss, I've created a memory loss guide In the memory loss guide, it's free, so I'll link to it in my show notes, and please download it. It will really help you. In the memory loss guide, it explains what memory loss is, like what some of the warning signs are. It talks about the benefits of early diagnosis and kind of walks you through what you need to do if you're concerned that an older loved one might have memory loss. So download that guide. I'll link to it in the show notes. And like I said, it's free, so check it out. Now, let's get into the five tips for helping folks with early stage dementia live alone and live independently for as long as possible. The first tip is to simplify daily tasks. And this is really to make everyday tasks easy so you don't have to use a lot of your brain power to think of the simple things in your house to do. The first thing to do is to be very clear about what your days look like. So to have a very clear schedule, and it's recommended actually for folks with dementia that there is a consistent routine. So that it can really, really help to organize your days. So um, make a list of what you'll be doing for the whole week. So if you have doctor's appointments, if you're receiving meals on wheels, if somebody's coming to visit, if you have a church group, if you have a senior uh, Zoom call, write down your appointments and your to-do lists uh, each day and try to keep a consistent schedule. So kind of eat at the same time every day, breakfast, then have whatever your activities are, then eat lunch at similar times every day. The, The more you can keep your days consistent, the better for your brain. And also the more you can use like a calendar or a to-do list, that's also going to be very helpful. What I see in my practice sometimes when people have mild cognitive impairment or early stages of dementia is sometimes folks forget their medical or mental health appointments. And when they start forgetting them too often, we think, "Uh uh-oh, something's going on and the person's not able to manage their appointments and it gets a little concerning for providers. So the more you can organize your days, 
the better. It'll keep you independent for, for longer. The other area that's really important to manage well is in paying your bills. So if you need to pay rent or mortgage or your water bill or your trash bill, you get the idea. Setting up automatic payments is a great way of not having to think about it too much. It can get complicated if you're not that familiar with computers. And so maybe having a family member or a friend help you set, who you trust, of course, help you set that up could be very helpful. If there is a family member who you trust or a friend who you trust, even doing like a checks and balances with your family member or friend around having them help to review your financial statements to see if there are any issues could be very helpful. Sometimes with a dementia disorder, you might not have clear awareness when there are issues and and that's just the nature of the illness. It doesn't mean that's your fault. And so it could really help to have a person that you trust kind of reviewing your finances with you, maybe on a monthly or quarterly basis so that they can identify any red flags and see if anything's suspicious that you paid too much for something or too little for something. So that could be very helpful. The other big one when it comes to to simplifying your daily tasks is that a lot of older adults are taking many medications. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, even taking one medication, sometimes I'll think, did I already take this medication today? Did I already take my probiotic? I mean, and it's just one medication. And so if if you have mild cognitive impairment or a dementia disorder, you'll want to really set up your medications so that they're easy to remember to take and um, so that you, you know that they're dosed accurately. So one way to do that is like using a pill box or a pill box with reminders. There are like medication dispensers. So check in with your medical provider who's prescribing this like I said, can get cumbersome because if you're prescribed a lot of medications, that means you might also have a lot of medical providers. And um, and so just something to be mindful of. It might be a lot to manage. And so like paying bills, you might want to um, have a trusted family member or a friend helping you to navigate and coordinate all of that. Another way to stay living independently as long as possible and with simplifying your tasks is to make sure that you have adequate nutrition and meals. So there are lots of meal delivery programs um, like Meals on Wheels, um, which um, I'll include a link for in the show notes, and they deliver free or low-cost meals to your home. There are also meal programs that are for-profit, and you could pay for, you know, to have somebody prepare and deliver meals. The important thing here is to make sure that you are getting adequate meals and nutrition. One of the things that does get concerning when you're living alone is um, like dehydration and not having enough nutrients or um, nutritional um, intake. So being very mindful of your meals. This is where your schedule that we already talked about could be so helpful um, because if you are maintaining like a consistent routine every day and you know that you eat breakfast at a certain time and lunch and dinner at a certain time, then you might be thinking also more likely to think about what will you be eating during those times and then prepare for that. Okay, and finally, there's transportation. 
And so if you're newly diagnosed with dementia and you're in the early stage, you might still be able to drive and that is wonderful. And you might still be able to drive safely. There might come a time, however, that you might be getting confused or more likely to get fender benders or people are honking at you more. And so if that is happening, you'll definitely want to prepare for how to get around independently after you stop driving. And the sooner you could you start to think about that, the better. I also have a, a roadmap to safe driving guide that I will link to in my show notes. And it helps you to think about getting around independently, even after you stop driving. So I'll, I'll link to that in my show notes as well. For more food and transportation options, there are community agencies that are actually like state and government run called Area Agencies on Aging. And they are familiar with all of the local resources near you, nonprofit and for-profit resources just for older adults. They can be so helpful with learning about Meals on Wheels programs and alternative transportation programs and so uh, even like Medicare, Medicaid counselors. And so to find your local area agency on aging, I'm going to put a link to the elder care locator and you just simply put your zip code in and they will link you to your agents, the agencies in your area. And then please call them. They're trusted, reputable agencies. They can help you think through what resources are available in your community. So the second tip is to scan your home for safety. According to the National Institute on Aging, they suggest decluttering your house and getting rid of things that you no longer need or use, like extra furniture, extra clothes. They suggest removing um, objects on the floor, like heavy rugs that could um, increase your risk for falling or like electrical cords um, that you don't want to trip over. Uh, You might want to install handrails and things like that. If you're noticing that you're becoming more and more forgetful, there are resources to shut off um, your stove automatically. You'll also want to consider carrying a like a life alert button or a life alert watch. So if something happens and you need to call for emergency services, a life alert necklace could be helpful. And then making sure that your uh, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors are working and working well. So I want to just say if you're listening to this and you're newly diagnosed with dementia, it would be normal to experience fear and loss and sadness right now. And my heart goes out to you. It's a, it's a big adjustment to make and it's scary. And the goal here is not to scare you, but to help you live your fullest life, even living with a dementia disorder. With that said, over time for folks with dementia, especially Alzheimer's disease, six out of 10 people will wander away or forget where they live or become confused when they're out in a less than familiar area. And so it can be really helpful to have something like a medical ID bracelet if you get lost. And there is a great, really affordable program by Medic Alert and the Alzheimer's Association. They joined together and created a safe return program. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the safe return program. It is so so 
helpful and they they give you um, what a response plan would look like if you do get confused and are away from home and need to get back to home. This safe return program would also be really important to share with a trusted family member or friend so that they know what to do. So they all know like to call the emer- or what, what emergency protocol to follow as well. Let me just stop here and review the tips that we've covered so far. The first tip was to simplify your daily tasks and organize your life and keep a routine. The second was to make sure that your home is safe and to put safety mechanisms in place. And now we're moving on to the third tip, which is to plan for your future. One of the most important things that you can do when you're newly diagnosed with dementia, especially when you're in the early stages and still have capacity to make all of your decisions and express your wishes clearly, is to do just that, is to prepare all of your legal and financial matters as soon as possible. So you'll want to gather all of your essential documents. You'll want to get all of your legal affairs in order, all your financial affairs in order. You'll want to prepare your advanced directives or your last will and testament. So you're, you'll want to assign a health care power of attorney and a financial power of attorney. All of those things. I feel like I have resources for everything, but so for this, I have created an essential documents guide, and so I'll link to that in the show notes as well, and you can go ahead and download the essential documents guide as well. You'll also want to be thinking about, as your care needs change over time, what your options for in-home care might look like, like if you need a home health assistant to come in and help you, and Um, what Medicare plan you're on and what they cover. Um, If you're a veteran, what resources are available to you through the Veterans um, Health Administration. You'll want to learn about long-term care and paying for care. And so um, one of the ways that you can do that is with that elder care locator and the your local area agency on aging, they they often have Medicare, Medicaid counselors to help you think through that. And then they also know what's available in your community. So that's a really good place to start. And then have a plan for what happens when you are no longer safe to live alone. Um, so the earlier you can think about other options for living, the better. Number four is to gather your support system around you. One of the best ways to stay living independently for as long as possible is to be sure that you do have a community around you so that you don't become isolated or withdrawn. That will actually um, accelerate the disease process, unfortunately. So the more you can have people that you love and trust around you and spending time with you, the better. So identify the people that you trust and um, write down their names and phone numbers and where they live. Keep that, maybe you make a copy, a few copies of it, and keep it in important places like on your refrigerator, in your car. Maybe you share it with your durable power of health attorney and durable power of financial attorney. And just to be sure that your friends and family have access to one another as well. You can also, in terms of gathering your support around you, have a trusted doctor or neurologist who you work with regularly who can keep track of your own advancement with dementia 
and ask those care providers to sort of write down a care plan for you. You might also um, consider sharing your diagnosis with neighbors that you trust. Neighbors are often the first people to notice if you are not yourself or having a bad day or if you look lost. Also, you could give them the, the sheet of your contacts or the people that are closest to you that we just talked about. If you are newly diagnosed with dementia, there are great resources available with the Alzheimer's Association. So the Alzheimer's Association provides support and resources to adults with dementia and to their families, but you don't have to only have Alzheimer's disease. They provide support for all dementia disorders. Alzheimer's disease, like I said earlier, is the most common type of dementia, um, but it's not the only type of dementia. And if you have like a Lewy body dementia or a vascular dementia, you can still contact the Alzheimer's Association for support and resources. They also offer support groups for people with mild cognitive impairment and early stage dementia. So please check them out. I'll link to them in the show notes as well. Some communities have what's called a memory cafe where you get together and talk with other folks with early stage dementia and just spend time together. I think it's happening more over Zoom right now. Definitely, definitely check it out. Another piece of gathering support around you is if you are noticing that you are becoming depressed, and I will say with a new diagnosis of dementia, there is evidence to show that there is an increase of depression in it, and it increases the risk for suicidal thoughts and actions. Please know that we can help with that, that you don't have to live with this level of suffering. If you are having suicidal thoughts or are extremely depressed or feeling crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and I will give that information in the show notes as well. To give you their phone number right now, it's 1-800-273-8255. Definitely call. There's no shame in calling. They're there to help you. It's a tough road in the beginning of living with dementia and, and adjusting to a new diagnosis. So please take care of yourself and gather that mental health support around you if you need it as well. Number five is to ma maintain medical and mental health. And so what we know, and last week I, I had an episode on the best ways to prevent dementia. Even if you do have dementia, these are some of the best strategies to help slow down the progress of dementia. So one is to exercise. So you could just simply go on a walk or garden or go outside. This is especially important during COVID where people are feeling more and more isolated. Another way to slow down the progress of dementia is a healthy diet and, and healthy sleep habits. So getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night, managing your stress. And managing stress could be really what one really helpful strategy is walking and gardening, just like we said. So it's kind of all of these work together. If you're exercising, you're more likely to sleep well. If you're eating well, you're more likely to exercise and sleep well. Uh, or exercise and healthy diet and good sleep are great ways to manage stress. And then staying social is actually one of the best things that you can do for your brain. So studies show that even folks with dementia who remain social actually have better outcomes and live independently longer, 
um, and have a slower disease process. Two final things. One is if you have struggled throughout your life or you're noticing now that you're experiencing mental health concerns like insomnia, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, please get connected to mental health providers. I'll have in my show notes how to do that, a list of where to find mental health providers who specialize in older adults. And also the more you can manage your medical needs, like if you have any heart disease or vascular issues and you're taking medicine, so the better you can you can care for your body with sort of following medical advice around what sort of medications you need for your body to function well, that's also that will also help your brain. I threw so much information at you. I hope that this is helpful. And and really, I want to share, just because you have a new diagnosis of dementia does not mean that you cannot live independently and does not mean that it's just a, a lost cause, a done deal. You can live independently for longer than you might think and safely. And these tips are designed to help you live independently and safely for as long as possible and also tips to help slow down the disease course. There is a lot you can do to live your best life, even with a dementia disorder. I will say there is also a lot that it takes emotionally and physically and socially in terms of with your friends and family to come to terms with a dementia diagnosis. And so please take care of yourself. This is a long road. The more you're able to gather what you need to stay living independently as long as possible, the more likely you are to stay living independently for as long as possible. And I want that for you. I I imagine your family wants that for you and your doctors want that for you. And we want you to be safe. We want you to be happy and we want you to be independent for as long as possible. This is an episode that you'll want to link to the show notes page for. There are lots of resources that I have linked on the show notes page to help you live independently and safely. Also, if you're struggling adjusting to a new diagnosis of dementia or you're worried about a loved one who's struggling, please connect them with mental health care. Mental health conditions are highly treatable among older adults and also treatable in the context of dementia disorders. You can find a mental health provider who specializes with older adults at www.mentalhealthandaging.com. Now, are you a mental health or senior care provider? I have a free guide just for you called the Mental Health Professional's Guide to Working with Older Adults. In it, you'll learn the five facts that every professional working with older adults must know. To download this free guide, which is filled with lots of helpful resources, go to mentalhealthandaging.com forward slash pro guide. All one word, all lowercase. mentalhealthandaging.com forward slash pro guide. All right, that's all for today. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a review because subscriptions and reviews help other people to find this show. And the more people listen and the more people hear the lived experiences of older adults and hear from experts working with older adults in the mental health field, the less stigma there will be and the more resources there will be in this world. All right, that's all for today. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.